You are listening to episode number 20 of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leads to a lasting impact in your business, brand, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons that you want and need to become love noteworthy. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Love Noteworthy Show. You American listeners out there, I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving weekend uh, that was filled with love and people that you really care about, and you got to eat some amazing food and just stuff your face. I am just in the best mood ever this week. There is so much going on, holy moly, uh, with Christmas around the corner. Uh, And for those of you that don't celebrate Christmas for other winter holiday celebrations that you may have, there is a lot going on. So I have quite a few clients that I'm working with right now that are running different uh, winter campaigns and uh, they have amazing stocking stuffers. I'm so fortunate to have uh, clients in the fashion and beauty industry that I get to work with right now. It's so awesome to really promote something that I'm truly passionate about and things that I genuinely love and have for myself at home. But besides that, there's been a lot going on. So I had the opportunity to speak a week or so ago at the Beyond Pink Women's Conference all about discovering your passions and dominating your career. And I did this workshop three times for the women, heard amazing feedback from both the organizers and the attendees. So shout outs to all of you Beyond Pinkers that are listening to this episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your weekend to hopefully get some professional development and really think about your career path in the future. Uh, In addition to this, there's a lot of craziness going on for 2015. So another project that I'm going to be piloting in the next few weeks is collaborating with a local television station to put together sort of a behind the brand style series for amazing companies that are based out of Vancouver. And we'll see how this goes. Uh, We're just going to be filming one kind of episode or series pilot to see if it's a good fit for the station but fingers crossed everything is going to be great and finally I have booked a trip to Los Angeles I'm so happy to go back oh it's been months now and I'm going to this amazing conference that I can not be more excited about um and it's called from message to money and it's going to be a strategic planning three-day session all about kind of discovering what your niche is, figuring out how to monetize it and really gain and attract clients that you want to work with. So if you are interested, uh, Marissa Murgatoyd, I probably totally butchered her last name, but she is the one hosting the conference in Los Angeles. It's going to be hosted at the Westin uh, LAX Airport Hotel. And uh, I believe registration is like 80% full. So get on it if you are looking for some professional development that's really going to help kickstart you for 2015. Um, In addition to this, I am so happy to have Amanda Rose on my show today. Amanda is an amazing woman. She provides so much tangible takeaways in this episode um, and in this interview. And we talk all about personal branding, how to really position yourself in the workplace, as well as how women can really stand out against their male competitors in the workplace. And I absolutely love this interview. She's so articulate. She is 
Australia's only strategic connector, uh, very well known in Australia, and I was so fortunate to be able to sit down and talk to her today. So with that, I bring you episode number 20 featuring Amanda Rose. Welcome back, everybody, to the Love Noteworthy Show. I'm your host, Reese, and today we have a very, very special show for you, um, and you'll see why in a second. But before I introduce our guest, uh, I just want to talk a li- little bit about the current working conditions. And when looking at statistics, it's apparent that it is very, very much still a man's world, as James Brown would say. And in that, uh, men are still very much so the dominant force in senior level executive positions, political positions, and on the board of Fortune 500 companies. And in order for women to really gain parity at these levels, it's extremely important that we receive the support and respect and mentorship that is needed to move up the corporate ladder, which is why I'm so excited to be talking to the Amanda Rose, who is Australia's only strategic connector. And we're going to be talking a lot about about the master, or mastering the art of working with men instead of working against them. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to hearing your insights. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I like, I, I can't wait to talk about this. Seriously. It's just like one of those angry feminist topics <laughs> that I really want to like talk about, but just be more strategic about. And I, yes. I have so much love for men, but at the same time, I'm like, damn it, this sucks. Like... Agree. Completely. So um, I'm going to give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to Amanda before we start. She, as the only strategic connector in Australia, uh, connects people, businesses, government and communities together on mutually beneficial ideas or projects. Now, Amanda is the host of The Amanda Rose TV, which provides weekly episodes to connect people to a successful business and life. Also, as the host of The Businesswoman, uh, the first and only radio program in Australia for business women. Uh, she is very involved in the Australian business community. As an industry commentator on branding, connecting, and women, Amanda has also been featured and quoted in my business magazine, Sydney Morning Herald, 2GB Smart Company, dot uh, com slash or dot au marketing magazine body and soul women's agenda and peter switzer sky news so amanda why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you started your strategic connecting business goodness me i'll try and keep this brief <laughs> uh, I, I started out in events and in marketing and then realized there was uh, a need for more of a strategic approach to things. Mm. So while whilst branding companies and divisions, I realized it all starts with the person. So doing that and knowing people and, and building relationships, I realized I had an ability to connect people and companies together based on a mutual idea or project. So it was a win-win. I know it sounds very corny, but it does need to be a win-win on both sides. So I stopped a business dead in its tracks and then started becoming or turned into a strategic connector and brand consultant and haven't looked back. That's amazing. And that was very short and sweet. I mean, you can dive into it a bit more if you want. No, it's very much that, you know, when you, I've I've done everything, you know, to give people an idea. I've been an SEO um, specialist. I've built websites. I've been a graphic designer, uh, marketing manager, events manager. I've done it all. (laughs) 
And so therefore having that ability to know all the different components to a business and how to build a profile and, and how to build their brand has helped me be able to look further into an individual and into a company to be able to see what it is about them that can connect to someone else to add value both ways. Yeah, and that takes a very special person such as yourself to be able to do. I think that, like you said, mutually beneficial relationships in business are very challenging um, to see and create um, yes. as very much so in kind of the culture, the Western culture. Um, it's still like, I don't know, how can we gain? How can we benefit? How can we profit? So I think that having that very high level ability is so critical and you having such a diverse background definitely helps. Yes. No, it does help. (laughs) And look, everyone has a niche, you know, and that's what I I help people, you know, assist them in finding that because everyone's competing with other people instead of articulating who they are and perfecting it. Okay. Okay. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you transitioned from working for a company to working for yourself? Yes. Well, I've always had my own business on the side. Mm -hmm. As soon as I started out, you know, university and more university and working, I've always had a business on the side. It started as a graphic design and marketing business for the small business owner because I always knew I wanted one day to have my own company. The thing is that, you know, you work through the corporate world and I would jump industry to industry. I would never stick with the same industry in the corporate world because I needed that diverse experience to help me with my company, which I eventually wanted to, you know, take over the world with. Um, So I tried everything from, you know, marketing, media, membership manager, group marketing manager, all these different things in in, from nursing to law to um, insurance to finance. And then at the same time, always having a business on the side Mm -hmm. and just building that up until the transition of, okay, it's time to switch over and just run my company um, full steam ahead. And under the company, I've I've got multiple brands. So it keeps me very busy. Yeah, I can imagine. Did you have sort of like a moment of clarity or as Oprah would say, an aha moment where you're like, okay. I have aha moments on a regular basis because (laughs) I think what you need to be able to do is be decisive. And I find, sorry, ladies, but women are the worst. They, (laughs) They feel guilty. They think, oh, I don't know. I should. I've worked so hard on this brand. You know, I've had this business for five years. I really shouldn't let it go. Dump it. But it's not working and you've got a better idea and you're working hard towards that other idea at the same time. You know, build it up, but don't what's not working. Cut it, cut it away, you know, get rid of it. If in doubt, throw it out. So I'm very quick at making decisions. Um, and if I wasn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah, that's definitely a key leadership skill set that I certainly struggle with. I'm very indecisive, which is horrible. It's, it- Oh, look, it's, it's, I think it, women are born with that <laughs> and it is, it's very much, but look, to help with decisiveness, you've got to know exactly what you want Yeah, and exactly. it's okay to change what you want. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, I don't want that anymore. I want this. That's okay. It's not like you're in a marriage and you've decided, I don't want my husband anymore. I'm moving on even though technically that's fine too. <laughs> yeah. But this is business. So if you don't want it and you're prepared to work hard to develop something else and it's not working, then you need to move on and move on quickly. As they say, fail, fail fast. Yeah, 
Exactly, exactly. So on that, uh, you you were just talking about how you have multiple businesses kind of under your brand. So tell us a little bit about uh, the Businesswoman Media, which I think you recently launched this year, correct? Yes, yes, it's new, even though it feels like I've had it for a very long time because it started as a radio program and then I realized it was bigger than that. So Mm -hmm. I turned it into a media outlet and a global media outlet because there was nothing out there for the businesswoman. Now, the reason why I call it businesswoman is because it's for the actual individual woman. So I'm not trying to say, hey, ladies, let's all work together and fight the men. I'm saying, hey, as a businesswoman, what do you need specifically in order to succeed? What are people not telling you that you need to know to succeed, whether it's from how to dress, what to eat, to how to handle a meeting, whatever it is, we want you to know what no one else is telling you. Yeah, and that's one thing I really like about the website, everybody. I will definitely put the link to the site uh, below in the show notes, but you kind of, I don't know how I say this nicely, but cut the crap. Like, it's very yeah, handy. We say, we say it, and <laughs> yeah, we like exactly. that. And we still no. have fun. So people think, you know, it's not so serious. We still do have fun, but yes, we do. We have a no-fluff policy. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, it's definitely not fluffy, which is nice. And I mean, this is going to be the main source of kind of our conversations in a little bit here, (laughs) but uh, some of the topics that are on the site. But um, in terms of that and strategic connecting for business success, how can a woman who is just starting out in their industry connect with the right people and establish quality leads for their business? Well, as a woman, first things first, you've got to know, I sound like Iggy there, so what you... (laughs) The first thing you need to, do, to know is what you want. So before going out to connect with people and build those quality leads, what is it do you want and what is it that you can offer someone? So be very clear about your specific niche and your value add. Now, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple. But be very confident in what you can offer. This is what people connect with. They connect with that uniqueness that you have because your passion will come out. People will want to know you if you're like that. Then you have to make sure that you are represented that way online and offline. So your LinkedIn, your Twitter, whatever it is that you have needs to represent that niche and who you are and what it is and who it is that they're connecting with. People then feel familiar with you. They understand. And then when you meet people face-to-face, you're backing that up with that online profile. And of course, when you want to get into a new industry or an industry you've never been to before, you need to research it. Find out who are the CEOs, the chairmen, the ambassadors, the leading companies and organizations within that industry and get to know them. Connect with them online, find out their functions, attend the functions, speak to strangers. They do not bite people and men do not bite either, ladies. Um, And so, you know, and go and meet people. And as you meet people, you will find opportunities to work with people. Yes, when you're entering a new industry, the one thing I will say, you have to do a lot for free. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably have to speak for free at a function, uh, take on a couple of clients for free to use as a case study. This, there is nothing wrong with that. If you do a very good job, they are not only a great case study, they're a testimonial, they will refer you. So it's not the end of the world, but that's what you need to do. You literally need to go out there and sell yourself, but sell what it is that you can do for other people, not just, hey, this is who I am, I'm just a insert generic term here you know you can't just say I'm a marketing consultant well there are a lot of them what makes you so special 
Yeah, like we, I definitely talk a lot about what is your unique selling proposition, um, mm. as that's so key in today's day and age. And I think things like personal branding are so fascinating and so yes. essential these days, just with everybody being both online and offline and really having to take that step up to network and really build those connections in order to get jobs. Like it's highly competitive these days. Oh, it is getting a degree, having a degree, university degree, college degree, whatever it is that you have, that's not enough these days. Mm -hmm. You need to have, you know, the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. It's actually what you know, who you know, and what that person knows you can do for them. Yeah, for sure. That's a great quote. So they need, <laughs> they need to know what you can do for them or it's irrelevant. So uh, going back to kind of in-person networking events, do you have any tips for people that are kind of introverted or typical wallflowers on how they can break the ice? <laughs> well, do not get drunk. That's the first tip. So don't, don't drink yourself into oblivion uh, because you're nervous. The best thing to do if you are really introvert and petrified, take someone with you. Mm -hmm. Take uh, someone who is outgoing or an extrovert, whatever it is, take someone who is willing to chat with people, shout them a ticket, invite another business colleague, could be a client, could be anyone, but bring someone with you straight away. You don't feel like everyone's looking at me, which is how you feel. Uh, bring someone with you and then just start working the room together. That is the easiest way to do it. Otherwise, if you're on your own, when you first arrive to a function, be familiar and, and not too familiar, but get to know the people running the event. You know, it's easy. It's warm. They're very friendly. They actually like you because you're at the event. Have a chat with them. Straight away, you're speaking with someone you feel comfortable. Then walk up to the person in the room that's on their own. They're going to be very appreciative that you've walked up to them and, and having a chat with them because they're on their own. So you get two individuals on their own having a chat. Perfect. Once you do that, you feel a bit more comfortable. Other people might arrive and just let it flow. But do not be afraid to walk up to people and, and say hello or even just stand in a group and listen. A lot of people think you need to chat. You don't. You can stand there and listen and be very quiet and just say something if relevant. If not, just listen. Look at name tags, analyze people, find out who they are and just absorb the environment. That's more powerful than speaking and not making sense. Yeah, that's great. I think um, a lot of times, too, the natural leader in the group will eventually reach out and kind of create the introductions if you're speaking. They will. So. They will. I mean, for example, if I'm in a group and I have, you know, an ability to see what people are like, you know, perceptive in, in that person's nervous, this person's a bit awkward, whatever it is, but I make sure they feel comfortable because that's what you do when you in a group and someone's quiet, what do you think? Or hello, what's your name? And that will happen. So if anything, hang around with the loud person or, or hang around <laughs> with the loud person in the group and you won't have a problem. Uh, but do take someone. It, it's just smart as well and it's safe, especially if you're going to an event at night and you're a woman. These days, you know, walking to and from your car is a bit of an issue, but it will help you with networking. And you can say less at a function and follow up. And the, in the follow-up, you can start connecting with people online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure. Or even connecting, another tip would be to connect with people online before the event. So oh, then you definitely. feel like you know them while, like before you even meet them, right? That's, that's fantastic. If you can actually find out who's going, that's great. Often you can't, but if you can, connect with them on LinkedIn and Twitter. Another tip is to um, 
connect with the speaker. So whoever's presenting, connect with them on Twitter and LinkedIn, looking forward to hearing from you and then approach them on the day. They will remember you because you just tweeted them the day before and you just connect with them on, connected with them on LinkedIn and they will remember you and no one will go up to them because they're the speaker. There's this unwritten law that you can't go up and talk to the person who's presenting, which is ridiculous because if they're presenting, they're wanting to build their profile. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with going up and saying hello. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the online realm, what are some steps or first steps that people can take to start building connections online if it's separate from an in-person event? Yep. Well, look, online is a great way to start connecting with people when you're too scared to leave your office <laughs> um, or it's late at night and you don't want to. Research. So the first thing always comes back to what do you want? So what industry are you interested in? What do you want to achieve? Because you can't just start connecting randomly. You don't want people from all different industries at all different levels of the company because you're achieving nothing except numbers. So you're looking for quality rather than quantity. So who is it you want to connect with? The CEO of you know top-tier law firms. Then look them up. Look them up, research them, find out who they are and connect with them and tell them why you want to connect with them. It could be you're interested in volunteering in a charity that they support. It, whatever it is, connect with them and be smart about, you know, what you, what the reason is. On Twitter, Twitter is a great way to connect with people without having an obligation. Follow people, but if you do follow them, build a relationship with them, follow what they say, have a discussion. Don't just follow and assume people are going to follow you back. You need to build relationships. It takes time. No one likes hearing that, but that's the reality. It takes time to build these relationships Again, that's why you need to be very clear about who you're connecting with, why, what industry, what area. Be very specific because, you know, you could spend all night or all day connecting with 20 people, but those 20 people have an immense uh, amount of value for you and your business and your career rather than connecting with 200 people for no reason. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think people oftentimes, especially on social media, fall victim to that it's I, I think the term is called like vanity metrics. So yeah. just trying to have really high numbers of followers or likes or subscribers or whatever you want to call it. And right. it's not even about that. It's about yeah. who are those people that are really engaged and actually want to purchase your product or service, right? That's right. That's exactly right. And I think it's that whole, the fear of missing out. Oh goodness, if I don't have 200,000 connections, I'm missing out. Missing out? No, you're not. If you have 200,000 connections and no, no one is your market and no one will buy what you're offering, then it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And especially too with uh, websites where you can purchase followers and that sort of thing. It's really, I don't know, just numbers are not everything these days. (laughs) That's right. That's right. It's it's funny because it changed. It used to be when first, you know, social media came out, it was very much how many people do you have? And now it's done a full cycle really it's gone back to old school but online with the quality mm-hmm. and sales is not even a term used now people call, say acquisitions they say relationship management business development no one actually uses the term sales that often because it's not what it is it's gone back to the days of building relationships mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um so for people that are looking to make a really great first impression both online or offline, uh, do you have any, like maybe three or four tips for making really great impressions with customers or potential clients or business connections or that sort of thing? Well, the first thing you cannot go wrong with looking impeccable. 
I'm not saying you have to look corporate like everyone else, but stand out with how you look and, you know, think of Coco Chanel and then add your, your personality to it. So look immaculate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, it's okay. Um, I know them. I can wear my Ugg boots um, or I can wear, you know, my dressing gown or whatever it is. But that's <laughs> not the case. Look the part and people will respect you. Just like with a man that wears a tie, it has more power in the room than the man that doesn't. It's like a woman that, you know, puts makeup on, looks, dresses well, wears heels, whatever it is, but look the part. So that helps not only in meetings, but in networking. So you, you walk into a room, people notice you for the right reasons, not the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. When you're at a, an event, if you want someone to really remember you, do not sell to them. Have a conversation with them. Ask them lots of questions about them. People love talking about themselves. You keep asking questions about them. Do not panic that you're not getting out any information about yourself. Just keep asking about them. It's better to understand and profile people than it is just to blurt out who you are and you don't even know who that other person is and they'll love you for it. They will leave thinking, wow, that person, they were fantastic because you're asking all about them. Let's face it. We are human and we run on our emotions and ego. Mm -hmm. So they'll love that. Offer to get someone a drink. Very simple gestures, you know. Be polite. Be um, courteous. Now, if you're with your customer or if you're wanting to impress, you know, a prospect, try something different. How often do you go to a presentation and they turn up with their presentation, they hand out the documents and they run the presentation, thank you very much and leave? What happened to let's give everyone a gift? Mm-hmm. Let's give everyone a gift that's in relation to my presentation and you can't open it till I leave. So that way, once you leave, they've opened it, bam, they are connected to you when you're out of that room and you've left them with a lasting impression. Little things like that. People just forget to think of what they would like. So put yourself in their position, whether you're trying to impress a customer, a prospect, or even networking function. What would you like? Everyone likes a present. No matter how much money you have or how little money you have, you want something for free and something relevant or fun, even chocolates. You know, you, you like people that are polite, respectful, dress well, look well. It's just the way it is. So we kind of sometimes people just panic and turn into these machines and think, oh, I need to do A, B, and C. When no, just think of what you would like in that situation and do that. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note, um, how important is the post-networking follow-up? Like, do you have any etiquette tips on how to follow up? What's an appropriate yes. time frame? Well, the, the saying goes, the fortune is in the follow-up. So if you do not follow up, you will have no business. <laughs> you, you need to follow up. And you need to, after each event, I recommend you do a debrief. So have a document. I actually use a process and you have a document and you debrief the event who you met, um, you know, what little profile you want to write about that person, things that they talked about, opportunities you can see that you might have with them. If you've got their business card, that's great. If not, just by memory, write down their name, look for them on LinkedIn and connect to them and say, it was lovely meeting with you. And if you think it's worthwhile having coffee, mention that saying, look, we talked about this. It'd be great to have a quick coffee to further discuss the opportunities. If it's just someone in general um, that you don't want to hassle, because I believe there's a business hierarchy. So you do not want to hassle people above you mm-hmm. at all. So they need to be able to be impressed with what you offer. So you really, really need to show that at the event and afterwards and be delicate. Just touch base with them on a, a regular basis, but not too much. 
don't just spam people with, hey, let's do coffee for the sake of it. These people are very, very busy. So if you are going to ask for coffee, tell them why. Just say, I would like to have coffee with you because I believe A, B, and C. I could help you with this, this, and this. They want to know. They, people don't just, sure, let's have coffee. That does not happen anymore. People are too busy. Mm-hmm. So make sure you follow up and follow up on Twitter. And the best little tip is if you really enjoyed connecting with someone and you had a chat, whether it's customer, prospect, networking function, send them a handwritten card. It's a lost art. It, it means that you've taken the time to sit down, think about it, and write a card and send it to them. That yeah. is, no one does that anymore. Now, do not get your assistant to do it. Do not get someone else to do it. You do it because you are actually connecting with that person by remembering or, or thinking about what you're writing in that card and then when you see them again, they'll know at the back of their head, oh, you sent me that card. They'll yeah. appreciate that. It's, again, what would you like? Don't you, don't you like to feel appreciated? Then why don't we do it for other people? Yeah, I love that. And that's definitely one of the tenets of the whole love noteworthy concept is just bringing to business that element of a love note, like being very personalized, like handwritten, memorable, yes, putting exactly. in that extra effort and like some putting in the passion. Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it gives some, send some flowers or a gift box and put in, you're investing. Yes, this is business, but it's business with people. And it's like in putting money into a bank, you're investing into the bank and you're showing that you care about this person. Then one day they'll give back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. All right. So let's switch gears and get to kind of the main topic for today. Um, I am dying to talk to you about mastering the art of working with men rather than working (laughs) against them. So let's dive into this. And I know this is one of the focuses of some of the keynote talks that you do when you do public speaking engagements. And uh, it's definitely a topic on um, the businesswoman website or media site. So can you give us a quick rundown of sort of the main tips and then we'll dive into some more specifics? Well, the thing is with, um, I think there's been a societal change. Something has happened over the years where women feel the need to blame men for any problems they have when it comes to work. Mm -hmm. So it's always the man's fault where I'm not being promoted. It's the man's fault. I don't have a good job. I'm not being paid enough. It's the man's fault. Now I'm not saying that men aren't responsible for, you know, A, B and C, just like women aren't responsible for A, B and C. But the point is it has always been a man's world. Men have always brought in the money. That's it. You know, women who are housewives and, and so forth. And then things change. Women wanted to start working and earn their own money. And of course, obviously, a lot of men didn't like that. And they're fading out. I can say the old school style are fading out, but there are still men that don't like it. Mm-hmm. But not all men. Now, what women need to do is think strategically. Don't fight with the men because especially the type of man that wants you not to succeed is trying to push you out. He enjoys the fight and then he can just turn around and say, see, she's an angry female. That is why I don't like to work with her or that is why A, B and C. So you need to be strategic and work with men. There are a lot of supportive men out there, but there are actually a lot of men that aren't. Either way, you need to build your relationships with them. You need to show them that you are of value and they need to work with you. Because when it comes to business, men care about two things, ego and money. That is it. <laughs> so on that thread, I, you talk a little bit about the different types of men that you'll deal with in business. Can you give us a brief rundown of the different types? Look, there are so, there are so many types of men. But I'll, I'll <laughs> really, Look, there's the old school 
type of man. Now, I, the, the old school are the type that they've been around for a very long time and they're not necessarily, um, you could say, keen. Most often they're not too keen on, on women coming up the ranks, but then there are some that absolutely do not care. You know, they've, they've already made it. Um, they're like, yeah, okay, sweetheart. They, they're the type that say, give us a cup of tea, who you love. You know, they're not... A lot of, often they don't mean to offend you, but you take it, you know, with offence. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't make you a cup of tea. I'm a, you know, educated woman. Well, they they don't really mean it that way. That's just how they are raised and who they are. Make tea for them, ladies. It's not the end of the world. Sit down, have a cup of tea, and you will be able to learn amazing things from him because he probably knows so much about the business world that you could never learn in ten degrees. So take advantage of that. You might not do business with him, but he'd be a great mentor. There's the type I like to call the hard to crack. The hard to crack are the type of man that he has made it and he has money and he has position and he does not care about anyone or anything unless you can make more money for them. Mm. So you need to be very strategic. You need to show them this is where your confidence is key. I am somebody. I am wonderful. I am amazing. This is what I can do for you and this is how I can help you make money. And then he'll be like, I'm listening. Sum it up into one paragraph for me. We might do coffee. So they're the people that you really want to connect with. There's your, you know, your entrepreneurial type. Um, I've got a great idea every three minutes. I've got a great idea. I've got a great idea. You know, and they only want to work with you if you do it for free um, or you can fund them. So you personally, you want to avoid that unless you're right into that mindset and you, you can nurture someone, take them under your wing. My favorite um, of all that I like to talk about were two. One is the male flatterer. Um, who is just lovely. He's the type of man that when you go to a function or a meeting, he won't stop complimenting you. Oh, you look ravishing today, darling. Oh, look at you. Aren't you sexy in that outfit? And you are so smart and educated. What they're really saying is, I'm jealous of you. I don't want you to succeed, so I'm going to distract you by flattering you. Mm. You know, they they just – and women fall for it. They think, oh, wow, you know, oh, my goodness, thank you. I look so wonderful today. That's just amazing. It's just a, a distraction. So I usually say, oh, flattery won't work and, <laughs> and, and, um, and then laugh it off and walk away. But they end up hating you in return. So you've got to be willing to – you've got to stay professional, but they are very much like that. There's the pleaser sleazer that's just an absolute sleaze bag full stop and you want to avoid him at all costs. So the flatterer is really quite harmless except he's just trying to distract you. He might ask you out on a date because he wants you to feel special. But the pleaser sleazer will literally stalk you, be around you. It's hideous. So you don't want to work with him and you want to hang around as many men as possible if someone like that's around so he won't come near you. Um, then, there's the, then there's the dodgy bastard. Um, and he's pretty much the type of man you never, ever want to work with because all he does is wants to leverage off your brand. He wants to leverage off the quality that you are, the knowledge that you have, the connections that you have. He wants to leverage it, take it, and run with it. And in the meantime, as that's happening, your brand is being degraded constantly because he has a bad reputation, but no one's telling you. So you've got to listen to your gut and that's where the female instinct is very powerful. When it comes to identifying the types of men to work with, you've got to listen to your gut. Don't be flattered too easily. You know, you say to yourself, I am hot, I am sexy, I am professional, I am amazing before you go anywhere and then you won't be surprised when other people say it. So you need to keep your head on straight. Do not get flattered. Look at the key points of what's going on. 
be observant to who's saying what because men are um, funny creatures and they have an ability to be able to throw a woman completely off track or ignore her completely. So you've got to be very firm, feminine and fight for what it is that you want to, to, to become and, and what you want from them. Hmm. Those are really great advice. How does one as a woman go and like strategically counteract these kind of actions that men are taking if they're like a male flatterer or just oh, like, look, you just, when you, when you meet, you'll meet a handful of men, they're amazing. So build strong relationships with them all the time. Always keep them going. Now, you'll always come across these other men, but that doesn't matter. It's just like coming across um, different women. So, But with the men, understand, again, it's ego and money. So you need to convince them they need to work with you. So that means working on your brand to make sure that you are the type of person they want to work with. You need to sell yourself. You need to show them I don't need to work with you. You need to work with me. Without saying it, showing them. So network in the room. Don't run after them. Don't mm-hmm. run after a man. Don't you know? beg, plead, um, oversell yourself. Just show them what you've got, short shots, snippet of yourself and leave. You know, Connect with them. Tell them very specifically what is it you can offer. Always look um, like a lady and look amazing. Um, but be firm. And they'll, they'll get quite a shock. And you'll find that the ones that didn't want to do business with you and just wanted to flatter you or, or destroy you will leave. They will leave you alone. <laughs> they, will, they will run away. You know, they'll try and, mind you, they'll try and sabotage you first. But that's okay. You remain professional at all times. And then he's going to look like the fool, not you. A lot of people don't say it, but they're watching everything just like you're watching everything. So, Make sure they want to work with you. So if there's someone in your organization that's like this, build relationships with their boss. Go above them and around them. Surround him with all these people that you know and you've got relationships with. And when it comes to the crunch and you've said not one bad word about him and he's acting like a fool or he's acting inappropriate, who do you think they're going to listen to? Who has the power? You do because you've got the professional relationships that you've been building over time above and around this individual. Yeah, I definitely think that this advice is bringing a new meaning to the word of being like a hot commodity, so to speak. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Be the hot commodity, women. And own it. Don't walk in thinking, oh my goodness, there's so many men here. It should be, oh my goodness, I should have brought high heels. You know, it's, it's very much own the room. Wherever you go, own it. Take up your space. Own that room. Be the person everyone's going, who's that? I want to work with her. Yeah, there's this really interesting uh, TED Talk that I was listening to about power posing and just the art of the way that your posture is at a networking event or an interview or anything yes. in that matter it really determines like how confident you are, how people perceive you. And uh, they talk a lot about the this one pose called the Wonder Woman pose. And it's literally like standing with your legs apart, your arms on your hips and just it immediately gives you this sense of confidence and this, I don't know, confident aura. It's true. So it's true. And so do heels. Yeah. Buy yeah. stilettos, pumps, ladies, get some. You know, you need pumps. You need them. You just need high shoes, whatever they are, wedges, whatever works for you. Um, it does make you feel good. And, and there's nothing in saying that you always have to wear a dress either. I like to wear pants, suits and slacks um, all the time to throw people off. <laughs> you know, I wear a white suit with a black tie to a black tie function. 
you know, um, very much like Robin Wright at the Emmy. So it's that whole be be different, but be elegant and be powerful, you know, and don't think you need to be excessively girly by giggling and, you know, um, flattering a man or talking a lot. You don't need to. Control yourself, know your worth, and you're literally going in there thinking, I know what I'm worth, do you? And that's really the question you're asking people with, with how you act. I feel like you completely just described me. I like giggle all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and now every time like, you do no. it, you think, oh, Amanda Rose said don't do that. I know. That's totally <laughs> No, laughing style. is fine. It's just we can't fall into the stereotype of, you know, when you're like nervous. Like the bubbly, ditzy person. Yeah. yeah. When you're nervous, how do you act? And, and look, watch yourself. Observe yourself at different functions and in meetings. And then each time try something new. Hmm, okay, and okay. I spend one event or one meeting saying, this meeting, I'm going to say nothing the entire meeting until the very end because then it's going to be powerful and everyone will listen to it. Interesting. So speaking of power plays, how can women negotiate with men in the workplace? Oh, I love negotiating with men. Now, a good negotiation is short in saying that usually a man knows exactly what he wants from you before you're negotiating with him. Even as you are negotiating with him, he's probably thinking or deciding on what he wants, end of story. So that's covered. But you need to know what you want. And now when negotiating, you need to come up with the reasons why they want to work with you or they want to, why they would pay a certain fee for you. You need to have your worst case scenario, your bottom line. For example, typical scenario of a woman wanting a, a, pay, a promotion and a pay mm-hmm. rise. They will think, mm, I'll go for, for 60000 and that's my, my minimum. I'm currently being paid fifty, but I think sixty. but I'd really like ninety. So they walk in, they ask for seventy, They'll, and, then the, and then the boss will say, um, the manager will say, okay, well, 55, and then she'll say, okay, I'll take it. Now, the reason is because a woman is scared of losing her job. So if it's in a, an, an instance of asking for promotion, line up another job before you go in for that talk. Have another job ready. You need to be able to call bluff. It is the most powerful thing on mm-hmm. the planet when it comes to negotiations. You need to realize that I do not need this. I am prepared to walk away from this. That is when you have bargaining power. You can walk into the, the meeting. This is who I am. This is what I can deliver. This is what I have delivered. Here's my experience. This is what I'm worth. I'm worth $90,000. Oh, that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. We can offer you 55. I said, well, look, I'll be honest with you. 80 is my lowest. If not, I walk. They said, well, sorry, we can't give it to you. That's no problem. Here's my resignation. You will shock the crap out of them. And, and you walk away to another job because this has got to do with self-worth. This has got to do with understanding what you're worth. Now, you can't just walk in and demand more money or you can't, you know, have a proposal for business and say, this is what I'm worth because I said so. You need proof. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to believe in yourself. You've got case studies. You've got experience. And you know it. You know your worth. End of story. And when you know it, it will resonate and people will believe in you. Now, I've been laughed at when I've told people my rates. I had a particular gentleman want to pay me one quarter of the rate that I said, even though the rate that I said was still lower than um, I would have liked, I knew it was a long-term gig. And I said, okay, this is the lowest I can go. And he wanted to pay a quarter of that. And, I, and he laughed. Needless to say, he became a client for 18 months because he 
actually took me up on my rate and then told me later on that if I had gone lower, he wouldn't have respected me. Hmm. So men do not respect you if you cave. They think, oh, you caved to 55000 a year. Yep, see you later over there. They don't see any value in you because you don't see the value in yourself. That's don't right. expect anyone to think you're amazing and you've got value and you're worth it if you don't think that. That's really great advice. So how can one deal with kind of the old boys club mentality or people oh. or men that are difficult kind of in the business so, realm? I find the grumpiest, older style man is actually the best one to work with because no <laughs> one goes near them. Well, no one will go near them. They're like the bulldog, you know, no one wants to approach them. So I approach them and you'll find they're actually quite nice and soft most of the time um, and gentle. And they can mentor you and give you advice. And they'll tell you what it is that you need to do. You need to have allies in the business world. You need to have men that back you up. So it could be a board of directors. Meet with every single one of them and you'll find a connection with a couple of them and build that relationship. They will lobby for you. They will say, yes, she's brilliant. Yes, she can do this. And then you need to also build your own connections. You need to let them know what you're good at doing. You need to remind them on a weekly basis if you have to. This is what I've achieved this week. This is what I've done and so forth. Now, with the boys club, there is nothing wrong with boys being boys if they do it with other boys over in the corner over there. And women that want to break this mold of the boys club can do so at their detriment. It would be like a group of men wanting to come shopping with us. You know, when we just wanted a girl's night or a girl's day um, mm. shopping, getting manicures and, and facials, we don't want that. Stay out of our face. And that's how they feel. And it's good to keep them over there, let them do what they want. So if you individually build relationships with all of them, they'll talk about you in that group. You don't have to be there. If you have allies and you have people that are on your side and they're, you know, batting for your team and they're talking you up, they'll do it for you. You don't have to be there. So not only will it save you time, you won't be seen as this horrible woman that's tried to break into this boys' club. You know, there are other ways of mixing with the men. You don't always have to hang out at the pub. You don't always have to drink with them. You don't always have to play golf with them. You know, and if you can't play golf, be the caddy. It's not the end of the world. Or meet them at the lunch afterwards. You know, I'm a true believer in I'll do what I want and <laughs> do what I like. Yeah, exactly. And I, I won't be forced into doing all these different things. Now, I have no problems making coffees for a group of men if that means I can have a conversation with them. And then that conversation, you're talking about different topics and you're selling yourself just by communicating with people. And that's when you'll find people that can be your allies and your 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 best friends. Um, and it's better to actually build it on one-on-one with men because when you're we're in the group, let's face it, you know, like what was it, the, the sound of, not the sound of music, Mary Poppins, um, when she said, you know, men, um, you know, individually they're quite nice but all together they're quite stupid. Um, and it's a song that's sung by the mother. And it's it's funny because it's it's the same. You know, they get together and, you know, it's all drinking and this and that. You don't want to be in that environment. No, no lady wants to be in that environment at all by choice. So why do you have to? So let, them, let boys be boys and let girls be girls and just build relationships across the divide one by one. Mm-hmm. Like Venn diagram style, find the... Yes the commonalities <laughs> yeah and it's it's look it's not you know yes you're gonna have men that try to block you and the, the interesting thing is a lot of men probably try and block you you don't realize so you need to stop thinking oh they're my friends oh he's really nice and, oh, I'm really surprised he did that to me this is business you go in for the kill too you've got to hunt too 
you know, you've got to go in there and get what you want. And if you want them on your side, you've got to make sure they know what's in it for them. Again, think of ego and money and you're done. So on that stream, uh, and you've talked about this a lot throughout the interview, but what are, do you have any other tips for bringing out your alpha female to the alpha male? Look, the alpha female, anyone, any woman can be an alpha female, even introverts, um, shy. I'll tell people this. I'm a shy introvert. I know. What? Shock horror. I know. When I was little, I used to hide behind my father and cling to his leg and didn't want to speak to anyone. And I was pushed out on my mother used to say, go out on stage, you know, go out on stage and, and, and try it. Just go for it. Got nothing to lose. And now I'm very comfortable in front of people and talking to people. I do like my private time, but I also like speaking with people. It's an enjoyable activity. Now, to be an alpha female, the number one thing is you've got to know your brand. You have to know who you are, your values, what your passion is, what your purpose in life is, what you want to achieve, what you can deliver for other people and what you need from other people to achieve your goals. If you're very confident in who you are and what you want, you will lead. You will naturally lead people. You will organize and secure meetings. Now, we're not talking aggressiveness. We're not talking cocky or arrogance or anything like that, which sometimes men and other women like to call us alpha females you know, unemotional, all these things you can be called. Forget that. Just focus on what you want and believe it. Believe that you are this person because if you do not believe it, you'll walk into a function with your shoulders slouched, you'll speak softly, no one will be interested in what you have to say and you'll be walked all over. So you need to own it, you know. And I think how you dress really helps. And listen to some really good music before you go into an event or before you go into a meeting. Put some Beyonce on, you know, get it going. Like, yes, get some power music going. It's whatever song gets you revved up, listen to it right up to you before you walk into the networking function. Pretend you're that person. Pretend you're acting on stage if you have to. The point is, if you don't believe it, no one else will. And that saying, fake it till you make it, has, it's not to do with your faking your expertise because you're already an educated, experienced woman. The fake it till you make it is to yourself. You know, that whole put a smile on your face and you'll end up being happy. Well, you need to put your shoulders back, stand up, dress the part, look the part, act the part with confidence and you'll become it. Before you know it, you'll be, people will see you that way, you'll feel that way and you'll love it. Yeah, just touching on sort of something you said, um, I think the biggest thing when just knowing what you want is as soon as you have or know what you want, you really have a sense of purpose. And all of a sudden you have that passion to achieve, right? Like you suddenly have a goal, you know what steps you need to take to get there. And it's a lot easier to explain like what you do and who you are and what you believe in as soon as you have like a purpose for doing so, right? So That's right. That's exactly right. A lot of women are conflicted. They've got, they're juggling multiple different roles. They've got all these dreams. But the number one thing is they do not admit to themselves what they really, really want. Yeah. There is nothing wrong with saying, I want to be a billionaire and then going for it. You don't have to tell everyone, but you need to admit it to yourself because unless you admit what you want, you will make all the wrong choices and you'll never get there. And then you'll just think, see, I'm a failure. So you've got to admit what you want, be very specific with what do you want to achieve, who do you want to become, who you are now, and just push and push and push and keep going. And if you want to change it, that's okay. But again, change it, refocus, and keep pushing. You can't just float through life and hope that things happen for the best. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's great advice. So I think that's all the time that we have today. And I just have one final question for you. And this interview has been spectacular in terms of, I feel like every single thing, like you need to clearly write a book or something <laughs> about all of the content that you've given us today, or like we should make this into an ebook or something. But um, my final question for you is what is your number one tip for others on how they can be more love note worthy in their business and lives? I would say authenticity. So be authentic and not in the what the world talks about authentic with the very fluffy side of it. Authentic is in who are you as a person at your core. So do not do not um, sway, do not go off track, do not take the wrong turn, left turn, right turn, whatever it is from who you are at your core. Now, no one needs to know who that is. It will resonate in everything that you do. But your value, your belief system, do not question it, do not change it, um, and do not um, destroy it. You know, keep it because that's who you are. I love that. And I think the other thing too is just know what you want and ask for it too. Oh, what's the worst that could happen? They say no. Okay, move on. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. I I know that all of our listeners will be writing down mad notes and I'll definitely have a lot of the information in the show notes for this episode. Um, I really appreciate having you on the show. You are such a constant source of great information. And for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to see Amanda's videos, definitely check them out. I mean, every single one is absolutely fantastic on YouTube. They're fairly short, like under five minutes. And each one has a lesson on how you can really progress yourself and uh, develop yourself in the business realm, whether it be networking or negotiating or business or strategy or personal branding. So check those resources out, everyone. Um, And before we end the episode, as always, uh, I like to have a challenge for the audience. So my challenge today for you is tell us what your number one networking tip is and how you really stay confident when you go to a networking event. So definitely let us know in the comments below. And thank you so much again, Amanda, for being on the show today. Thank you. Loved it. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And for all of you out there again, thank you so much for listening. Have a fantastic week and don't forget to stay love noteworthy. worthy.